All reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. I'm very happy you could join us today. There's a lot going on too. And, and I have to admit, one of the big things that's happening right now is there is a huge blow up that's taking place in, uh, in Idaho over the uh, Boise Pride Festival. And there's been a lot of back and forth and, and it's, it seems to be growing as we go, but we're actually not gonna be spending time on that today because I have a special guest who I would like to bring on instead. I'd like to welcome Sarah Brady, some of you will remember her from being in the news headlines a couple of years ago. And and uh, Sarah, for those uh, who are, are saying, well, her face looks familiar, but I'm not sure about her story. Would you mind telling us just a little bit about uh, about who you are and why you may be a, a household name for some people? Sure, Brian. Thanks. So my name is Sarah Brady. At the start of the COVID shutdown, I took my kids to Stood for I was arrested for being in an open park yeah I re I remember um I remember the shutdowns I remember parks with you know the crime scene tape you know uh blocking them off I remember uh, people being arrested for singing hymns in their church parking lot and then along came the story of this mom who took her kids to the park and uh, and suddenly you were in handcuffs and um you know the press has not been particularly uh, fair in terms of how it has portrayed your story. It's very one-dimensional. Well, let's see, Sarah, she is a right-wing extremist, or she's an activist, or she's an anti-vaxxer. There's a lot of labels they've thrown at you, but um, talk to me a little bit about the decision and tell us, just walk us through the process of when you went to the park with your kids that day. You weren't going there as part of some protest, were you? wasn't. Um, I had you know home, home with my children and their play date event that had been served by uh, inner online and I had and taken them to the play slate because I'd actually been painting and when I got there you know such a beautiful day you know two and a half years since It, it we're all, all supposed to be staying of our houses, and some of us were locked our children. There, I, I see my, my friends sit down, down on a blanket next to a play at the, the uh, oh, and I'm sorry, I forgot. So, before play date, and after I'd gotten done, uh, I and he was at, at the play date filming. They were doing a, a live stream. And, and I saw taking down the tape. And so I said, oh, oh I'm going to go to the play date. And, you know, kids are playing the play. Got kids going to play. Officers arrived 10 minutes later. Telling people to leave, um, started crying, and parents were upset. Started asking questions, and, and I, 
so I'm a little, I'm a little bit less enforcement than your average person. Sarah, let me jump in for just a sec. We're we're having some difficulty. Um, your your microphone is glitching just a little bit. So there are people who really want to hear the story, but um, they're only catching about every third word or so. Um, I'm I'm trying to think what I can do from this end. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions, and and I'm sorry to to ask you to do this, but if you can keep your answers short, <laughs> maybe we can can get past the mic. Um, because I want to know the details too. This is this is really frustrating. I want to I want to know more about this as as well. Um, first and foremost, um, I want people to understand. You were arrested for taking your kids to the park. A policeman came and told you to move, as I understand it, or told you, you know, you guys can't be here. Uh, essentially, tried to trespass you from a public park, and instead of just uh, doing as you were told, you stood your ground. And and I'm going to ask you. Would you normally have, have stood your ground in those circumstances or would you normally have just said, ah, whatever, you know, we'll come back another time? Why did you make the stand that you did that day? Yeah, sure. I, no, normally, well, I wasn't thinking about it, right, to protest, but when the officer, I did start pro telling people that we had to leave. Want me to? I can try phone instead of my laptop. Do you want me? Let's do that. Let's do that. I, I'll be flexible because I really want to know this story. And so, if you need a second, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. mute your video for a second. So Sarah's gonna be working on some stuff here. Just give me this when you're ready. Um, in the meantime, it's been about a year or so. I, I do a, a daily radio show and, and podcast, and I had Sarah on my program. I think it was about a year ago. And we talked a little bit about her story. And I remember thinking, man, this is kind of taking a long time for a trespassing charge. It seems like that should be uh, taken care of much, much sooner. And yet here we are more than two years after the fact. And this is still with no resolution in sight. All right. Okay. looks like Sarah is going to rejoin us here in just a moment. Um, I apologize for, for the technical difficulties, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just keep plowing through it because I think it's really important that you hear this story. And the reason for this is because, as I mentioned before, um, the, the news media very clearly, and this is true in Idaho as well as across the country, went along with whatever the official narrative was, whatever the official version was, why if you questioned this, if you didn't put on a mask, if you didn't stay home, if you in any way pushed back against these COVID restrictions, which, by the way, did nothing to slow the spread of the virus. They just, you know, were were attempts at, at human beings and politicians to try to control a virus by putting words on paper or policy in action. Um, all you know is that, well, the government said to do this and this is what we're supposed to do, or someone in authority maybe not even in government, just a bureaucrat said to do this. And immediately anybody who challenged that was portrayed as uh, some kind of a threat or menace or just a scoff law. Well, there's the only reason they're doing this is to get attention or something like that. Now, I, I know that that's, for whatever reason, that's the narrative that the, the mainstream media has gone with. The legacy media has embraced it. They feel like it's their role to make sure we know what's acceptable and what isn't. But it's rare that you get a chance to actually hear it from the person themselves. And this is why I wanted to have Sarah on the show today. She is, uh, I, I've, I've followed this very closely since her arrest just because it was very intriguing. Really? They took a mom away in handcuffs because, uh, because she wouldn't leave with her kids? And 
I want to go to the source wherever possible. And there's, I have good reason for this because I, I actually have a lot of years of working in the media and I have a lot of years of, of uh, running into people who have ended up in the news and in talking with them personally, when you go to the source, I mean, you may still disagree, but at least you can say, well, I did my due diligence and I didn't have to wait for somebody to run it through a filter and tell me, okay, well, this is acceptable and this isn't. And in, in this case, Sarah is absolutely a down-to-earth person. She she told me she did not uh, go to the park to, to get arrested that day. She wasn't trying to, to make any kind of a statement or otherwise, you know, put herself, you know, into the spotlight. But when this police officer told her, look, you're either going to leave or you're going to get arrested, or maybe she asked him, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to arrest me? I don't know. Maybe the officer's ego got involved. You know, people may try to portray her as anti-police, but my understanding is Sarah's actually married to a police officer, so that, that might not fly. But why would a person make a stand knowing that there's a chance you could end up in handcuffs? And I seem to recall from our conversation um, last year, Sarah told me that the reason she made that stand, and I'm actually going to bring her back on board, and hopefully, Sarah, fingers crossed, <laughs> this, this one goes smoothly. You said that you felt, you felt like uh, something whispered to you, you should stand firm on this. Is that right? Um, I remember, I remember looking at the officer and, and he kind of this, uh, um, uh, yeah, it was like stand your ground. But I, they were so trying all this stuff. I was like, I, I don't know if that, that was like, kind of blew it off. Like I did purposeful decision and after that moment to then be arrested. So uh, I, when when the officer said, okay, fine. I'm going to arrest you. Um, did you have the? Did you have that moment of uh, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have done this, or did you go, well, this is not what I wanted, but this is still the right thing to do? I'm curious what your conscience was saying to you at that point. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll, I'll kind of go back. So when the officer started having people barking orders, you know, I'm looking at this officer as someone who's just in a bad mood. You should be dealing with good citizens who are just using their their local park and a couple other moms had been addressing him him and another officer and then the park's uh direct manager and um you know we're asking questions like why is it closed we paid us you got to talk to the mayor i'm like well let's let's talk to the mayor let's get the mayor on the phone and at one point it, it just kind of escalated uh, and the officer said he said I've and so I said, pointing at these boys who are playing basketball, all sweaty. Are you going to make them stop playing basketball, right? Because if, if this is about contact and spread, let's, be, let's let's take away everyone's fun. Like, don't be arbitrary. If this is serious, down Walmart and Costco and everything, right? Like, let's be serious about this. Um, and so I said, are you going to make them? You know, people at the picnic table. Because people were not playing on the playground now, and everyone's sitting at pepped up with caution tape. And I, you know, at that point, the officer says to me, "I'm giving you five points." I thought, "A, I'm not standing in. I never touched the playground equipment. I'm playground itself. The 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 ground had not been wrapped up with tape. Right? They had not cordoned off the equipment. Just the playground equipment. So knowing that I was not standing in it." area down 
down by caution tape by the Parks and Rec director, whomever. I just, I was insulted that this officer would start counting down to me. The only time you don't count, I count down to my children. That's what happens. It was so disrespectful. It was like, fine, arrest me for being in a park. Do it. And turned around, fine. You can go ahead and put me in the back of your car because I'm not doing anything wrong. That's basically what. So there, there was a little bit of like, oh, crap moment when he, he did put the hand arrested or detained because there's a difference, right? But at the end of the day, I had to just tell myself, like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And here we look at it two and a half years later, and they're admitting, they're admitting that COVID. Well, if we're wrong about COVID, but why haven't you dropped my case yet at 25 two and a half years and idaho courts have canceled two trials wow what's the reason behind the cancellation of those of those trials i mean this isn't this isn't a capital murder case it's not like well it took us years to get everything together and all the witnesses and all the procedural stuff in order i mean it's a simple case but it's something that would be so simple that they could easily dismiss it too why haven't they well, is they, you know, COVID. COVID is why they canceled my first December of 2020, right? My arrest was in April. It was set in, in 2020 of December 21. At that point, it was a little bit past my speedy trial date, but I was like, it wasn't worth it for me to complain about a month, month and a half. Well, a few, a few weeks later, they canceled that, that trial due to everything was canceled. All trials were canceled canceled so then we go a few months because my second lawyer had, had um wasn't a brain aneurysm he had a mini stroke so, so got my third lawyer at that point and and you know we're getting now set for august of, of 2021 and we can happy before that trial date and i'd spent eighteen thousand dollars $18,000. I'm just ready. We're just, let's get to trial. And I get a phone call from my lawyer. And she says, Sarah, I'm so sorry. The trial's again. And I'm wow. devastated, right? Devastated because I've been waiting so long. Face the state in court. I'm ready for you to look me in the eyes and tell me that as an American mother for taking my kids to a playground, I've been waiting for two and a half years for this at this point, right? A little over a year. So it was about a year and a half at that point. And so I told, I appreciate everything you've done, but based upon how long they suspended trials last time, I can't afford to keep last time I kept lawyers on the books and it cost me money because we, we would do these hearings where they would sit there. Ms. Brady, we can't offer you a trial. And I'm like, this isn't Texas Roadhouse where you're at the roles duty <laughs> to get me a trial. So you know, so anyway, I let her go. It was August of 2021. And I think there, it went seven or eight months in Idaho. Do you know why that is, Brian? Because what they why did, if 100,000 people and 20 or 25 people tested pos positive or probable, it was probable they would suspend your trials in Ada County. Mm. So if your grandma was probable for COVID, right? If 25 grandmas might have COVID, Sarah Brady doesn't get a trial. 
it seems like the process is being used to punish you without actually giving you the satisfaction of sitting in front of a jury. Sarah, I don't think a jury, at least, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe an Ada County jury would, would be tougher to, to convince, but it seems to me any reasonable jury, there would be at least one and probably more than one jurors who would say, this is ridiculous and would either vote to acquit and hang the jury or convince the other jurors we need to acquit and be done with this. Well, I'd like to at least get my chance. Get my chance. And at this point, so we're now, you know, what are we, September of 20? I believe it's been this long. But I got in, I think it was April, I got a new, and, and you know, they have now filed, I think it's 171 pages of a motion for September 20th, 2.30 p.m. I'm going to say this now, if people support to come and, and, and be there, this, this is the first time I'll be in front of a judge for a motion to dismiss. Every other time has been online. I've seen the judge one time in person. All that was for September, and that was back in, uh, gosh, May or June. I think it was May. And so finally, for the first time, we're basically, we're going to the judge and why this case should be dismissed. Now, here's the deal. There shouldn't need to be 171 pages filed in for this case. It's on its face what a farce everything is at this point. I was right. right. That's all that needs to happen. But you know, we're still we still need to go through the process. You know, Lawrence has been asked multiple times by multiple people to, to drop this case. That's who's in charge of my case. See, um, who would normally Meridian City's cases are prosecuted by Boise Cities. Lawrence Wazen is who has my, my case, and he, whatever reason, I don't know why his. Wow. I, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for standing up like you did. Um, I'm sure you, you weren't, uh, you had no idea that it would be such a drawn out uh, affair, but uh, I'm anxious for you to get that chance to go in front of a jury. I, I still can't believe they haven't dismissed this yet considering, look, it was a potential trespassing charge, which probably wasn't going to hold up anyway. Why has anybody told you why the state continues to hang on to this like like a pit bull hanging from a tire what why can't they let this go well i will t tell you what the first because I, I prosecutor from the state right so the first prosecutor I believe was carrie michelson and if i recall correct lawyer basically it is we think your client's guilty if we go though here how many how many years later right years later forgot to mention. So in January of this year, I had mediation with a judge, sat there for a couple hours and we talked, right? No, nothing in mediation can be used against you in, in private from your case. But I sat there and I told that judge, I said, here's the deal. A, the process, what the state of Idaho has done in regards to the courts, the courts not allowing me two trials is way worse on a couple of wood chips. Really, what the state needs to do is to drop the case. I go, and if the state does the right thing, I will go out and say, and I will publicly to the state for finally doing the right, right thing because they said, if you plead guilty, we will only call our fine. But at the end of the day, Brian, my innocence is worth way more than 50. I didn't do anything wrong that day. I did not step on anywhere. I was 
they were in the illegal part of the park for what I did arbitrarily that where I was standing was somehow closed down to the to the not his jurisdiction to do that to tell me that I and I only had to last after I was hauled off taken to the Ada County Court or uh, Ada County Jail that I had let out like 300 inmates due to COVID why did they right book me into jail things that happened at the end of the if you're standing in front of George Washington do you think that he putting me through this awful legal process and possibly putting me in jail for staying on what institutional or what he intended for how this nation was founded. Honestly, the state of ice. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, we, we all grow up wanting to believe the justice system is there to protect us. It's there to make sure that, uh, that we are able to stay free. It's, and if someone does harm us or, or uh, infringes on our rights, the justice system is there to make sure that uh, as victims, you know, we are made whole, they are made to pay for their, uh, for their wrongdoing. But Sarah, I don't know who the victim would be in this case. You know, I, who exactly can show that they had measurable, provable harm because uh, you didn't uh, scurry away when a police officer started barking orders at you? I mean, in all seriousness, but if we want to be snarky, we, we could say the state of Iowa's pride was, was hurt that day. I think that officer, honestly, I think he was offended that I wouldn't complete, you know, immediately comply to his demands but at the end of the day like civil disobedience is nothing to be i had there's no shame for me for standing on wood chips and discussing telling him to arrest me when he counted down to me i'd done nothing wrong he didn't and he didn't have to take me um so after i was arrested and taken to jail find out they had wrapped that playground equipment and back up with tape and their kids ripped it off there's been no arrests nor nor tickets from that those defiant parents where's the fairness in that and i think a lot of it too you know they said this is the media not being you know not reporting factually that i had the police department reported that i had ripped down tape well i think they went back and watched the tape and saw charged me with trespassing injury to property and then they changed the charging failure to depart or failure to leave. Wow. It sure seems like a lot, like a lot of effort and expense just to avoid having to say, sorry, we were wrong. Maybe our officer overreacted. Let's just forget about this. Or even we apologize, you know, for, for putting you through this, but I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to use my imagination and trying to give, you know, at least some benefit of the doubt. What could they be thinking that would justify keeping this thing going for a couple of years? We, we had a comment uh, from, from a viewer who said um, the prosecutor is, is trying to show or trying to wind out the calendar to go beyond the statute of limitations for a color of law tort claim. And apparently the statute of limitations on this is three years from the incident where the plaintiff knew or had a duty to know where the offense occurred. Have you heard that before? Does that, uh, does that ring any bells? Um, you know, I have heard things similar to that. That wouldn't surprise me. There's probably a lot of re reasons. Maybe, you know, like it's a hot potato, right? It's a hot potato. I honestly don't think, think I, I don't think, think either prosecutor that's prosecuting really wants to the previous one and this one really wants to prosecute it but it's their job right right it's their job 
Um, I, you know, who, who could feel good at the end of the night going to bed knowing that, hey, we've spent a couple of cases to make sure that we can get her to trial. I mean, we've already, I've already, I've already spent $25,000. How much the state of Idaho has spent on taxpayer monies to prosecute me. How to be bigger, worse things in the state of Idaho. I mean, I know there is. I know that I'm not a murderer. I'm, you know, I'm not a pedophile. Literally, this is probably one of the, the, the dink charge somebody with, right? Especially over the situation. And so, you know, um, you know, just plead guilty. If you just plead guilty, we'll just, we'll only do this $50 fine. We'll just, now, when you think about when I've gone two years, it's tempting to sit there and think, oh, 50, but I've gone through, I mean, that's pocket change, right? After, at that point, I think I was at $18,000. I thought, oh, but I thought, you know, at this point, if the state of Idaho is going to make it such a big deal, because they're the one, I'm not the one who's continuing this. I'm being, I'm being prosecuted. I'm being drugged through the court. It's a big deal to them to take me to court. I'm not going to plead guilty over it. Even if I'm even found a jury of six, I still know at the end of the day, I did nothing wrong. No, I, I'm with you there, and I applaud you for, for not having, um, you know, not being willing to sell your conscience, you know, for, for a mess of pottage, so to speak. Just, you know, most people, I think, would want to just make it go away, but um, I think this speaks to your commitment to do the right thing, even when it's extremely inconvenient, expensive, and painful. Sarah, talk to me about... Uh, Talk to me about your treatment by the media. In particular, uh, has anybody in the media given you a fair shake or at least tried to understand your side of it? Or has it pretty much just been a dog pile from the very beginning? Yeah, not not since then. Um, you know, I'm going back to, um, I remember Brian Holmes doing a hit piece on me. And I started so upset because there was so much falsehoods in it. I just closed the screen. Because if he had done that, I mean, where was I in that interview, right? And you have to remember, when that arrest happened and their dog coming after me, either they thought I was super cool or super awful. I had people, my kids, <laughs> I had complaints at my husband's work. I mean, it was just big, um, you know, so if the media reached out to me for comment or whatever, I couldn't get to them a, a mode of trying to protect my children and and just you know i was at that point and just trying on because you know who, who would think that going to a playground would be that big of a deal you know you're telling your husband we're just going to take my kids to the you know we're just going to take the kids to the play date and then next time you bonding out of jail right and it, it was just and it was a national and international it still to this day just i mean it completely changed our life in some not great ways and some really, I think, you know, we just, we have to do the right thing, you know, and if someone's standing there tell for just living your life and you're not hurting another human being, you're not breaking the law about principle. Some things are more about money and about, you know, the stress and all that stuff. And so that's, you know, like, well, I have to now it's been two and a half years. I have to see the end of this. I have to see the Going, I'm not backing down. I did nothing wrong. The state of Idaho needs to just admit, gracious person, just say that you're sorry. Drop it, and we can just let bygones be. 
Wow. I, I have to tell you this, Sarah. I, I appreciate what you've done. Um, people who have shown themselves willing to suffer for their principles or to suffer for their beliefs, their deepest beliefs, are the people that I give more credibility to. The people who sit back and never seem to have any accountability or have never, you know, uh, never had to, in any meaningful way feel pain, you know, for, for holding to their beliefs. I'll listen to what they have to say, but I'm not going to give them the kind of credibility that I would give you for what you're going through. If people want to follow, we're down to about two minutes here, but if people want to continue to follow your story, where can they best stay on top of where you are in this process? So I'm usually just on Facebook and that's Sarah Brady is the page as well. That's Sarah Walton Brady. And then I have a website. I don't keep it updated very well because it's um, support sarahbrady.com and you can go on there and don't I, I, I'm $25,000 in and that's not even for a trial if this hearing on the 20th missed that's the next step in the process that's when hopefully we set a trial I was actually set and they don't don't violate my rights again by suspending it Sarah, I appreciate you coming on. I'm really sorry for the technical stuff we've tried to work through. You and I were trying to work this out before we ever started the live stream. And uh, I want to have you back on, though. Um, we're going to have like an ironclad <laughs> direct line, maybe satellite hookup. I don't know what it is. But uh, but I really think it's important people understand your story. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your perspective with us today. It's good seeing you again. Thank you very much. Again, that's Sarah Walton Brady. If you look her up on Facebook, um, you'll find that she posts a lot of very relevant information. And if you can, if you can spare a few shekels to kind of help her with some of these expenses, $25,000 is not chump change. And she would really appreciate it. And you'd, you'd be doing something that is, is actually, you know, furthering the cause of freedom. Thanks again for joining us. This is Nowhere to Hide. All reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.